let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2. <coughs> Second Timothy, chapter 2, this morning. Let me know when you get there by saying amen. Second Timothy two chapter number uh, chapter two verse number one, and uh, let's uh, pray before we begin. Father, I thank you for uh, this time as we can get to look into your word. I thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. Uh, Lord, I ask that you would work in hearts this morning as we look into your word. Uh, help us, Lord, to learn how to be effective uh, for you, uh, to be effective in this life. Lord, help us, Lord, to continue. Uh, in grace. Uh, Lord, I pray uh, for these things. Lord, I ask that you would help me as I uh, preach and teach this morning. Lord, that you would fill me with your spirit. Uh, guide me to say what you would want me to say. Uh, Lord, thank you for your word. And I pray uh, you would bless it as it is shared this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1. And uh, let's, uh, we'll read, I'll read uh, the first verse. And then I'll have everyone read uh, the second verse. I'll read the third, and then we'll read the fourth. So you read the, the even verses. Uh, let's read together. Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. And the husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. And our last verse this morning. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. And today I believe God's grace enables us to serve him uh, in hard times. It enables us to serve him uh, in difficult situations. It enables us to continue. God's grace enables us to continue. And so as we look at this passage this morning, uh, I believe that God desires uh, for our labor here on this world to be fruitful. I think that's obvious in Scripture that God desires for what we do for Him uh, to be effective, to be fruitful. And so we, uh, if we know that, how then, if we ask the question, how can we be effective in the work of Christ? How can we be effective in our Christian walk? Uh, and I want to look at this passage and notice three actions we must take in order uh, to be effective in our Christian walk. And so number one, this morning, we see uh, be strong. Be strong. We see in verse number one, thou therefore, my son, be strong. And we see, for context this morning, uh, Paul, he is writing this letter uh, to Timothy. Uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, we see him writing to Timothy these words. Uh, and right now, where, Tim, where, where Paul is writing from, uh, this is uh, uh, in historically is recorded as to, to be the last 
uh, letter that Paul wrote. Uh, and at the end of Paul's life, he was uh, imprisoned, he was locked up, uh, he was nearing the end of his life, and he faced, uh, he faced that reality that his life was going to end soon. Uh, and he had told him about all of the difficulties that he had gone through, uh, that he had been, he's a prisoner, he'd been taken, uh, and he had shared the gospel faithfully, but uh, been in prison for it. And so we see Paul writing to Timothy here, Timothy, uh, he says, Thou therefore my son. And Timothy uh, was uh, his son in the faith. He wasn't his uh, biological son in that sense, but his son in the faith. Timothy was likely a result of Paul's ministry. Uh, Timothy trusted Christ under Paul's preaching. And so we see, uh, like a father to a son here, uh, Paul is exhorting and encouraging Timothy to be strong. Uh, to be strong. And first we see be strong in grace. Be strong in grace. He says, my son, be strong in the grace. Uh, it's in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, it is God's grace that first enabled our salvation. Uh, it is God's grace that enables us then, after we are saved, to live the Christian life. And I believe first... Uh, the first thing that we need to do in order to be effective to continue in our Christian life is to be uh, strong in grace, uh, to rely upon the Holy Spirit. Uh, we see if the Holy Spirit uh, is as gasoline is to an engine, I believe then uh, grace is like the spark that ignites the fuel uh, to convert it to energy to move. I believe grace is God's enabling, uh, it's his favor, it is uh, enabling us to do what we ought to do for him. Uh, we see uh, it's God's grace that enabled our salvation, that empowers us, uh, his Holy Spirit empowers us, it is enabling us to live uh, the Christian life. And then I believe this grace is available to all. Uh, there is uh, no man that we must go through in Hebrews. Uh, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4 this morning. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 16. And we read, let us, uh, let's look at verse 15 to begin. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And it's speaking about Jesus Christ, uh, he, the Son of God, in verse 14, he is the great high priest. He is, he is the priest. Uh, he is, we can go through him. Uh, there is no man on this earth that we can have to go through. And so verse 16, uh, we see encouraged here, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Uh, I remember my home pastor, uh, whenever he'd preach about this verse, he would mention the fact, you know, the way it's written here, uh, that we may obtain mercy. We go looking uh, to not be punished for the, the things that we've done wrong, to, to not receive what uh, is due us, uh, the wages of our sin. We go to him uh, to obtain mercy, but, you know, we find grace. Uh, we find God's riches at Christ's expense. We find his favor and when we go to him, not only do we not uh, receive what we are due, he gives us what we don't deserve. And so we see God's grace is available to all. 
and is available uh, freely. We do not have to go uh, through any man. Uh, like in the Catholic Church, you have to go through, pray through some, uh, uh, either a saint or uh, you have to go through someone. Uh, you cannot directly pray to God. And I believe that every believer uh, is a believer priest. They are able to have access to God. We can go boldly unto the throne of grace that we can find uh, that we may find mercy and find uh, obtain mercy and find grace to help. And so I believe uh, it's available to all and has appeared to all. Let's look at Titus chapter two. Titus chapter two, and that's right after Second Timothy, I believe, right before Hebrews, before Philemon. Titus chapter two and verse number eleven. We read, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. God has offered salvation, his grace, uh, he has offered it to everyone. And there is, as we learned this morning, God is not a respecter of persons. Uh, he has not chosen a special group of people to be saved. Uh, he has offered salvation to all men, and he is willing to save any who put their trust in Christ. And this grace has appeared uh, to all. This grace is available to all, and I believe uh, that we see it is transferred, uh, uh, this grace is transferred to us by uh, God. If we look at uh, this uh, grace, the power, if we go back in uh, first, uh, Second Timothy chapter 2, be strong uh, in the grace. God's power uh, is available uh, and it is transferred to us by God. In Ephesians chapter 6, we read in verse 10, And finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so our strength uh, comes uh, from God, and his grace uh, is part of that. And so we see uh, we ought to be strong in grace. Uh, be strong in grace. In letter B, we see be strong in Christ. Be strong in Christ. In order to be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ, uh, we first must be in Christ. Uh, we cannot have that uh, grace uh, and strength that is in Jesus Christ unless we are his. We are in him. Uh, the Bible speaks about this idea uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians. Uh, we see those who are in Christ are a new creature. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. How do we become in Christ? How do we become a uh, child of God? Uh, we see in Galatians, uh, we see uh, we are brethren if we are in Christ Jesus. Uh, and this is how. Galatians 3, verse 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith. By faith. In Christ Jesus. Uh, there is nothing else that you can add to it. Uh, there is no amount of good works. There is no amount of religious activity that you can add to it uh, to be a child of God. Uh, God has said, and we see here, ye are all the children of God by faith. There's nothing else in that verse that speaks about nothing to add to it. Uh, the Bible says, for by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so we, uh, it says, for ye all are the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. 
And so we, in order to be strong uh, in that grace that is in Christ Jesus, we first must be in Christ. Uh, those who are in Christ, uh, there's some benefits. Uh, we see in Romans 8, 1, that there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And so it is only after we uh, have become in Christ that are, we are able to access the strength by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, we can only be effective in our Christian walk first if we are Christians. Uh, if I went to McDonald's uh, and I, I was uh, inside McDonald's, I would not be a burger. Uh, I'm just inside McDonald's. And if I went to a mechanic shop uh, and I stayed inside the mechanic shop, I would not be a car. Uh, and so, so many people think that if they go to church over and over and over again and they're faithful to church attendance, but they've never trusted Christ, it does not make them a Christian. And so we see in order to have access to this strength, uh, this grace uh, that God has offered to all, uh, we first must be in Christ. And I, I encourage you today, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you know, this uh, best decision that I have made in my life, I've been a Christian now for 11 years. And I can say, uh, of all the decisions I've made in my life, uh, when my life's short and I've made much less than many, uh, I know that this is the best decision that I've ever made. Uh, it's, it's afforded uh, so much uh, comfort and, and support in my life. God has been my help. He's been my strength. He has been uh, my friend. And so we see uh, we ought to be strong. Uh, be strong in grace and be strong in Christ. And then number two, and I believe the focus of our message today, uh, we'll look at verse number two of 2 Timothy chapter 2. And if you were in Titus just a few moments ago, we'll turn back to a few pages. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 2. Uh, I believe uh, in order to be effective in our walk in Christ, to have grace to continue uh, and be effective for Christ, we ought to be teachable. Be teachable. And also, I believe, be a teacher. And so how ought we to teach? And we see in verse number 2, uh, in the first part of this verse, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, uh, we see that first part of there, there, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Uh, here Paul is, is telling Timothy, uh, the things that I have taught to you openly, the things that I have taught to you among many people, uh, these are the things uh, that I want you to teach. Uh, so I believe letter A, we ought to teach openly. Uh, we ought to be uh, sharing uh, the truth of God's word openly. The things that Paul had taught openly to others, he's encouraging Timothy uh, to uh, share to others openly. Uh, and there's no, uh, no gatekeeping. Uh, I have been learning a lot of various things throughout this past year. Uh, and a lot, one of the things I've been learning is you know, graphic design and learning how to uh, design different things and programs and I find a lot of the, the struggle and Mark you could probably agree with me finding things and learning how to do things is all often hid behind uh, a paywall it's hid behind a, uh, there's some sort of gatekeeping that's involved you have to be part of this uh, group you have to be you know in order to learn these things uh, there's but I believe here 
uh, Paul is teaching, there's no gatekeeping. Uh, the Bible should be taught to all. The Bible should be taught to all, and not just an elect few. Uh, the Bible should be able to be read by all, and not just an elect few. And so I believe uh, that we uh, ought to be careful uh, that the Bible is for everyone. God has given his word for everyone to read. Uh, and so any group that tells you that a man cannot, uh, the common man cannot read and study the Bible for himself, uh, you should avoid them. Uh, you should be very careful of those who will say uh, that the common man, they cannot understand the Bible. I believe that anyone uh, with, is able to read, uh, can read the Bible and understand it if they uh, study. We see uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 later on in this passage. Paul, he kind of echoes this idea in verse number 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And then also later on in the passage, if that's not enough, 2 Timothy chapter there are three in verse number 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. You know, the, he wants him to continue reading and continue to uh, teach those things that he has learned openly. Uh, and it says in verse number 15, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And then verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, uh, knowing what is right, uh, for reproof, uh, knowing uh, what is wrong, for correction, how to get it right, uh, for instruction in righteousness and how to stay right with God. And uh, that the man of God, verse 17, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Uh, I believe everyone here today, men and women, can all be uh, men and women of God. And I believe God's word uh, should be taught openly. And so uh, if we look back at 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse number 2, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Uh, if you're going to be a servant leader, if you're going to be a Christian uh, who is, has influence with others, who uh, is uh, encouraging others to walk with God, if you're going to be a disciple of Christ, uh, you need to be faithful and you need to be willing uh, to teach others. Um, we see uh, Aristotle, he said uh, that teaching is the highest form of understanding. And so... Uh, letter B, uh, teach others. Letter B, teach others. I believe uh, he said it, Aristotle said it very succinctly that teaching is the highest form of understanding. When I was uh, in college, one of my jobs, I, I did a few different jobs. I worked as a, a janitor. I cleaned the dining hall every week, and uh, I, I worked as a security guard, and I, I did a Saturday Jewish outreach was a scholarship program, and I did all various types of things, and uh, and one of the things that I did was a music instructor. I have a little bit of a musical background, and so I, I was able to use that to earn a little bit of income. It wasn't much, but it was, you know, a little bit. Uh, God provided. And so I, as a music instructor, you know what I learned as a teacher uh, was that if I was going to teach my students well, 
if I was going to, you know, impart onto them what I had learned in the past 10 years uh, playing uh, music, I had to know it better than they would learn it. Uh, the, the quality, the, the way that they would learn it, uh, how well that they learned it, uh, was dependent upon me knowing it better than when I learned it. So I, as a teacher, I had to become uh, a student. I had to become a student as a teacher. I had to relearn things. I had to figure out how to share them with others. I had to uh, explain it in ways that someone who's completely brand new could understand it. Uh, and so uh, teaching, uh, we see, is the highest form of understanding. In order to teach, you have to know it. You have to uh, learn it so well. In order to uh, teach others, you must first be uh, a student. And I remember when I was, uh, also as I worked as a janitor, I would, I would have new people come in, new freshmen would come in, and I would have to teach them. Uh, here's how we do the cleaning of the, the, the dining hall. And there'd be a certain, you know, we had learned how to do it, and we could, uh, two, the two of us, my, my supervisor and I, we could go through. We had to flip all of the chairs onto the table so we could sweep underneath the tables. And we could go through there and maybe in about five minutes have 400 chairs flipped on the table. But the new guy, he comes in and he's real slow. And, you know, it took some patience. It took some uh, time to be able to, you know, break it down. Here's the first part of the, you know, how to lift it. Here's the next part, you know, to get it up there quickly. And so in order to uh, explain that, you've ever tried to explain something to someone and you're like, well, you just got to do it this way. How many of you ever, you're trying to explain how to do something to someone, you're like, well, I just, just do it this way. This is how you do it. But you haven't broken it down. You don't understand it deeply. And so I believe that if we're going to uh, teach others, I believe that we need to uh, be willing uh, to be a student. Uh, be, uh, in order to teach uh, others, I believe that we must first be humble. Uh, to be uh, a teacher, we have to realize that you know the people that we are learn teaching uh, they are learning this for the first time they need uh, grace they need uh, patience uh, to be able to learn something well and so in order to teach others you must remember uh, also that one day you will not be here to teach others you know uh, as you teach someone else as you uh, share uh, if you if you're discipling someone uh, one day uh, you're not going to be there. Uh, you might move away. You might pass away. Uh, you will not be there. So you have to remember, one day you are not going to be there. And so I believe it is so important uh, to teach others in the, in the remembrance of the fact that I'm not always going to be here. So many good ministries, uh, they fall apart when the leader of it dies, when the leader of it moves away. Uh, are you willing uh, to learn for the Lord? Uh, we see Paul, he wanted to ensure the continuation of right doctrine uh, by it being taught to many and to faithful people who would teach others. I believe Paul, he understood this clearly. He's coming to the end of his life. He is in a prison. He, his health is uh, weakening and later on in this book we see him asking when Timothy was to come and visit uh, he says Timothy bring my coat I don't have my cloak uh, my coat I don't have it and it's going to be winter soon and if I don't have that coat I'm going to freeze I'm going to die and he realized that his time on this earth was short 
Uh, if you uh, are, you know, you develop something and uh, you do not teach someone else when you leave, when you pass away, it will die with you. Uh, we must remember uh, to teach others. Uh, and so I stand on the shoulders of many uh, men who are giants in the faith. Uh, I have learned much from others. Uh, in college, I've learned from men who have done great things for God. I have learned from those who have many years of experience. Uh, and I must be faithful to pass on what I have learned to others. Amen. If I don't pass it on, it dies with me. If I don't pass what I've been, what I've been taught and teach it to others, it'll die with me. And so uh, will you choose today, like we see in the picture there, uh, will you choose to take the baton? Uh, as in a race, as we'll see in a, in a few moments in our next point, uh, like in, in a race, a baton race, a relay race, uh, one is running and, and running, and they hand out the baton to the next person, and the next person has to be in the right place at the right time, going the right speed to be able to grab that and continue it on, to take that torch, to take the baton and pass it on to the next person. Uh, are you ready uh, to take the baton and carry it to the next person in this relay of life? And I believe uh, everyone can be a part of that 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 work uh, to take the gospel, to take the truth and share it with someone else, uh, to take the ministries that we have begun and continue them and pass them on so that we can be effective in, uh, in ministering to others. I believe uh, that we all uh, have something that we can do for God. We all have something that we can do for God. I believe that God has all given us, uh, he has given every Christian a gift, uh, a spiritual gift. And uh, we'll look briefly uh, in 1 Corinthians 12. Just turn back a few uh, pages here to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we see two times in the, the New Testament, we see Paul writing about spiritual gifts. Uh, what are the spiritual gifts? What are uh, different things? And the first time he writes is in 1 Corinthians. Uh, this was written before Romans. He says in verse 1 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Uh, wherefore I speak, uh, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus uh, accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, uh, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Uh, and let's, uh, let's go back. We see as a summary of this chapter, uh, it, he's talking about, you know, you have different gifts. You have different abilities that God has given you. At the time of salvation, he has given you a gift, a, a, a special skill that he has given to you that you can be effective in serving God. Uh, every one of us here today who has trusted Christ as your Savior, God has given you a gift, and he wants you to use it for his glory. He wants you to use it in reaching others. Uh, there's all sorts of different gifts, and I encourage you to look at 1 Corinthians 12 and, and Romans 12, uh, that you would 
consider, God, what is the gift that you have given me and how can I use it for you? And so we all have gifts as Christians. We have all been given uh, gifts. They, uh, these gifts, I believe, are unique. In uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, uh, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are diversities of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations. And we see uh, that God, uh, Paul is writing here and saying, you know, you all don't have the same gift. You all cannot be the same role in the church. You all have different places that God wants you to be. Uh, later in this passage, he says, For the body is not one member, but many. And if the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand... I am not of the body, is therefore is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? You know, not everyone here uh, can be a pastor. Not everyone here can be a teacher. Not everyone here uh, can be uh, whatever it is. We cannot all be the same thing. If everyone here was a pastor, uh, there would be no one the pastor. Uh, if, if everyone here was a church member, uh, there would be no one to, to lead them. Uh, and so we see uh, that these gifts are unique. Uh, God has given us distinct and individual gifts, uh, characteristically made uniquely for each person. Uh, and I believe they are unique. And also, I believe they're given at the moment of salvation. Uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 12.1, uh, we see here, uh, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. I believe that in order to have this gift, uh, you need to be uh, a child of God. You need to be a believer. Uh, in Romans 12, if we turned back there, we'd see in verse 5 and 6, uh, a similar idea. So we being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another, having done gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. And so we see uh, these gifts are given at the moment of salvation. They are spiritual gifts. If you are dead in your spirit, if you have not been made alive in Christ, uh, you do not have these gifts. Uh, you must be a believer to have these gifts. And then last, I believe that they are given by God. In uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 18 and verse 28, we see the same uh, idea here. Uh, but now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. Uh, verse 28, and God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles and gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. And so we see that these gifts are uh, given and, and chosen by God for you. God knows you perfectly. He knows uh, exactly what uh, you're, you're, he wants you to do. He knows all the characteristics about you. And so the gift he has given to you is exactly the gift that you need. And so God has not also, I believe, uh, God has given us gifts. And uh, we've seen the characteristics of these gifts. Uh, and I believe in serving the Lord and in teaching others and continuing the ministry, I believe that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Uh, we looked at this in Sunday school just briefly. God has not given us a spirit of fear. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so we ought not to be afraid, I believe, to serve the Lord. 
You know, there is going to be difficulty that comes when we uh, are serving the Lord. And I believe that's why Paul says, be strong in the grace uh, that is in Christ Jesus. And later on, he'll talk about different things uh, where we must endure and be uh, strong and strive and labor. And so uh, we ought not to be afraid to serve the Lord. God is not like a taskmaster or a cruel boss. He's not uh, looking down at you as you serve him, uh, waiting for you to slip up, to mess up, and, and just uh, wipe you out because you've done wrong. God is loving. He is kind. He is long-suffering or patient. Uh, and he knows we are frail. He knows uh, that we are weak. Uh, he wants to help us, uh, empower us to do his work. So many people, they get stuck on what if, what if I, what if this happens? What if I make a mistake? How do I, uh, what if I don't know how to do something? Uh, what God wants you to do, I believe, I believe this with my, all my heart, that he will equip you to do it. Whatever God wants you to do, he will equip you to do it. And I've said this before, I'm, you should be able to finish the phrase with me. Uh, with God's calling comes God's enabling or equipping. Uh, with God's calling comes God's, let's say it together, equipping. And so I, I know this is uh, very true in my life. And before, even before I was a Christian, God was preparing me for future use. He was preparing me for future use. When I was uh, eight years old, uh, my parents said, all right, it's time for you to get to work. Uh, and so I lived in a small village of about 200 people, uh, about this many people maybe uh, in the building today. Uh, we lived in a small, small village in Ontario. And so my, bro my older brothers, my three older brothers, they had taken uh, a job as a paper boy and they did it up until they were old enough to get a different job and work somewhere else. And so uh, now the time had come. Uh, my next oldest brother, he was you know, old enough to work another job, so he was handing down that job to me. Uh, and I had to you know, learn how to you know, deliver papers, be careful about dogs in the yard and not be bitten by them, which I had a few times happen to me. Uh, I had to figure out how to do it quick enough that you know, I wouldn't be sunset before I was done. I had to you know, uh, learn how to be safe out and walking out in the, in the neighborhood. I got used all of that time as a young child up until I was uh, 12 years old. I did paper out and then I moved somewhere else and I did a paper out somewhere else. And, uh, and so God used that. And now with that little bit, you know, that early experience that God had used in my life now uh, as a soul winner, as someone going out door to door, I have, you know, that foundation. It's kind of pretty basic here. But, you know, I'm, you know, I go into, before I go into a gated house, I, you know, shake the, the gate a bit to make sure there's no dogs there. I, I, I go, because I've been bit a few times. And so, I, you know, I, I, I have that experience. Uh, God has used that to prepare me. Uh, and it also prepared me, you know, for walking for long distances. When I was in New York City, uh, I would buy a brand new pair of Nike running shoes at the beginning of the summer. At the end of the summer, I'd be just about ready to throw them away because I walked, I forget how many miles, but it was in, I think, about 10,000 miles. No, that's, that might be exaggerated, but I walked quite a bit. It felt like it. And so, you know, God in, in my past has prepared me, uh, and now he is using it for that experience for something else. When I was young, 
Uh, I had, you know, I had a little inkling of computer experience. I was, uh, when I was five or six, I think it was, I was already, you know, I knew how to set up a computer and put the monitor on and connect it and how to get the power on, how to start it up. I knew how to, you know, get it started. So because I wanted to play the games that were on it, so I had to know how to do it. And so, you know, I, I that little bit of experience uh, when I, I did go to a, a church growing up a little bit, and so they heard that, and it was a small church, and so they said, oh, you know how to run a computer? You go run the PowerPoint. And so I was the one running the PowerPoint. I had to run for the song slides, and you know, I was learning all that. Uh, and now, uh, God is, has used you know, that beginning foundational knowledge to uh, help me to you know, have the basic foundation of you know, how we do graphic design, how to uh, design things, all technical work, you know, setting up different uh, things that we've done here at the church. And uh, those uh, skills and abilities, God has prepared me in my young age for something greater in my later uh, life. And so, and also one last example here, and, and I'm thankful the Lord has been able to use this uh, recently. When I was uh, a young Christian, uh, the lady, there was a lady in my church, uh, I would call her my church mom. Uh, she uh, would come every day to my house, pick me up for school. I went to the Christian Academy and her daughter went there too. And so I would get picked up by her and we'd go, I'd go to school and every Sunday she'd come pick me up uh, and take me to church. And Every Wednesday, she'd come take me to church. So she had a big influence in my life. And one day, she said, hey, uh, I'm going to the church. I've got to install, uh, apply some vinyl onto one of the buses that we just bought. We, had, they, we bought a brand new bus. And uh, buses are, you know, the graphics that you want to put on them are very large. And so it was quite the project. And before I knew it, I was on top of the bus, above the placard in front of the, the, the front windshield. And I was, you know, leaning over trying to apply a vinyl on the front of the bus. And so, you know, that experience, you know, I was able to use it now. Uh, you can see in the back wall, I had uh, that. I was able to teach some people how to apply it uh, in the church van and all these things. I say these kind of things because uh, we often get uh, afraid that, you know, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do these things. I could never be useful for God. I could never uh, serve the Lord because I don't know anything. I don't have any experience. And so many of us, we uh, get uh, that in our mind and we think God cannot use us. But I believe so dearly that God, with God's calling comes God, God's equipping. Uh, you know, God is preparing you and he has prepared you already, I believe, uh, to be useful for the Lord, to be useful in the ministry. Uh, he wants you to be active and do something. And uh, I believe that every one of us, however young or old we are, uh, we all can develop our gifts and use them for the Lord. Uh, there's uh, many things that Pastor and I uh, do, uh, and we have started in this last year uh, since I started uh, working here and, and being a part of the ministry here full time. Uh, there's a lot of these things that uh, unless I pass them down, when I leave, they're going to die. They're going to end. Uh, someone, if there's not someone else to take charge of that, it's going to, to leave. And so uh, I realize my time here is short, Lord willing, if uh, he takes us to uh, deputation and, and onwards to the, to the Netherlands. And uh, first I want to pause here and just thank uh, you all for uh, graciously giving. Uh, last month, beginning of October, we, I shared about uh, our missions trip. Uh, survey trip to the Netherlands and you've 
wonderfully given above and beyond what we needed. Uh, and the Lord provided in, uh, in allowing us to get cheap plane tickets. The plane tickets I bought were half the price that I paid for when I went back in 2016. And so the, the total cost of the plane tickets this time uh, for my wife and I was the same cost that I paid for myself uh, seven years ago. And so uh, I believe the total, I believe, is 4500 or so, Chris. Uh, so I'm very thankful for uh, all that you've uh, provided. And, uh, and that is in preparation uh, to go to the Netherlands. Uh, and one day, I believe, Lord willing, the call, God's calling in my life is to go to, go to the Netherlands to uh, reach people there with the gospel. Uh, and so I, I am preparing for that. And when the time comes that I must leave, uh, the things that I have been able to start here and to begin, they must be handed down. They must be handed off. Uh, I would it'd be a shame to see some of the good things, the things that have been helping people uh, to, to stop, to, uh, to not continue when I leave. Uh, so too many ministries, they die when their leaders leave. Uh, too many good churches, uh, big, large churches, when their pastor dies, they fizzle out uh, because not, many men have not learned that they must pass on what they have been taught to others. And so uh, we must be willing to entrust others with the work of the ministry. And so I, I say all this this morning to, to ask you, church, plainly. Can I pass on to you the things that I have been taught in serving the Lord? Can I pass on to you uh, the baton? Could you take the baton and be willing to serve the Lord with me. Can I hand you the ministries that I have been able to, uh, by his grace, to begin, and so that they will not leave when I leave? Will you take the baton? Will you take that today? I believe uh, that this is the heart of Paul's message uh, to Timothy. Paul is saying, Timothy, take the baton. Be strong. Be willing to serve the Lord. And so... We saw today, be strong, be teachable, and be a teacher. And lastly today, I believe we must be, to be effective, we must be focused. We must be focused. And I, I love the illustration that Paul uses here. Uh, he, in the next few verses, we're going to see a, an example of, of a few different types of people that they must be focused uh, so in verse number 3 and 4 of 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, we read in verse number 3, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So I believe the first uh, example of having good focus and to be effective in our walk with Christ is to be focused like a soldier. Uh, Paul is saying to Timothy, like a soldier, like a good soldier, uh, you must endure hardness. Uh, you must uh, endure hardness. And we see hardness is a guarantee in the Christian life. Uh, if you are going to live uh, godly in your Christian life, if you're going to choose to follow Christ, there's going to be some hardness. There's going to be some difficulty. The Christian life involves sacrifice. In Romans chapter uh, 12, in verse number 1, if we uh, were to look there this morning, I want to read this. 
Uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so I believe hardness is a guarantee in the Christian life. Second Timothy chapter 3, if we were to look a few pages ahead, in verse 12 we see, Yea, in all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you're going to live the way that God wants you to live, you're going to face some hardness. You're going to face some difficulty. Uh, a soldier of the Lord, as a soldier of the Lord, we must face times of difficulty. Uh, a good soldier, we see if we continued on in verse 4, he avoids becoming entangled. Uh, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. And that word entangled uh, is similar to the word to weave, to enweave something, uh, to tie up together. Uh, a good soldier who is out to war, uh, Paul is giving the example here that he is not becoming entangled with the everyday affairs of life. Uh, what does that mean? Does it mean to you know just neglect everything and serve the Lord and focus on that? I don't believe that's the case. But I believe... If you're out to war as a soldier uh, and you are focusing on that war, the things back home, uh, they're not going to be uh, as important. They, uh, though they are important, they are second, secondary to the primary focus and objective of a good soldier. If you want to be a good soldier for Jesus Christ, uh, we must be careful to not entangle ourselves uh, with the many affairs of this world. Uh, there is so many things that we can get so focused on, so uh, wrapped up in, entangled in, in our lives, we can get focused on politics. We can get focused on uh, acquiring stuff. We can get uh, focused on hoarding wealth. We can get focused on being successful in our job and in our career. Uh, and we can be so focused on you know, maybe having uh, popularity on social media. We can get so entangled in all the affairs of this life that we lose focus on the main mission that we have in our life. That we are a soldier. We are a good soldier. Uh, we must be uh, avoiding those distractions that, that uh, take you away from the main mission as a soldier of Jesus Christ. And that is of spreading the gospel uh, and completing the Great Commission and bringing God glory. And so we ought to be careful like a soldier to be focused and not get drawn away and entangled with the everyday affairs of this world. And then 2 Timothy 2 verse 5 We see, verse 5, we must be focused uh, like an athlete. And it says in verse 5, And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. Uh, we see the second example here of, of Paul to Timothy is of an athlete. Uh, of an athlete, letter B. Uh, of an athlete, and so uh, a man that strives for masteries and seeks to be crowned. That's the definition here. 
uh, doesn't say athlete directly, uh, but we see the definition of a, an athlete, someone who is striving to be the best at what they do, uh, seeking to receive a reward or prize for it. And if we uh, were to look at the, the Greek word for strive here, uh, it's the word athleo. Does that sound familiar to any of our English words? Uh, athlete, athletics. Uh, the word strive in this verse is athleo. And so a athlete here, I believe Paul is speaking about, a competitive athlete has to uh, say no to some things. A competitive athlete has to uh, choose not to eat some things. A competitive athlete has to choose not to uh, sit idly for hours. Uh, a competitive athlete, I've known uh, some of my friends in college, they were part of the basketball team. And the coach said to them, you cannot eat chocolate, you cannot eat uh, these kind of foods, you must uh, be at practice every time we have practice. And so they had a specific set of uh, things that they had to do in order to uh, have uh, the victory, to have the mastery of their skill. Uh, so a competitive athlete uh, has to choose not uh, to, to say no to some things. Uh, also, they have to choose to do some other things. They have to say yes to some things. Uh, they have to choose to exercise. If you're going to be good in athletics, you must choose to exercise. If you are going to be uh, an athlete, like an Olympic athlete, uh, you must uh, choose to wake up early to train, perhaps. Uh, you may have to choose to submit to the authority of a coach or a trainer. Uh, there are some things that, as an athlete, uh, an athlete would have to say no and have to say yes. Their, their life would be different because of their choice to be an athlete. And if we are a disciple of Jesus, we must, like a runner in a race or an athlete, we must choose to refuse certain things in our life uh, so that we may uh, obtain the prize. We may run the race uh, and win the prize. We uh, must choose to live in such a way that we are prepared to run that race. And we see this theme, this idea of running in a race or being an athlete or uh, being uh, in that race in the life of the Christian life in 1 Corinthians in chapter 9. Go ahead, turn there as I begin reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So he's saying here, you know, those who run in a race, all of them are running, but one of them is going to receive the prize. And so he says, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. And in verse 25 here, we see him talking about, you know, those who are going to run in a race, they are temperate. They are not uh, excessive in eating certain things. They are not excessive in sitting down for a long time. Uh, as a Christian, as we uh, serve the Lord, there are some things that we have to, even though we could, uh, say the excess of that is not going to help me in my race uh, running for Christ. Uh, we see in verse 26, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, uh, and then so fight I. He's giving an example of a, a wrestler or a boxer. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air, uh, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, 
lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. You know, we have to be very careful that the life that we live, uh, that we are choosing to uh, put our own desires, our fleshly desires, under subjection to the Spirit of God, that we choose to live the way that God wants us to live. And then in Philippians chapter 3, uh, we see this idea continued as well in verse 12. Not as though I have already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, if, if we are going to be effective in our Christian life, uh, we must be focused, and we must be focused like an athlete. If an athlete's running a race, they are looking towards the finish line. They are not looking back at the other racers, in the, the runners in the race. They are looking at the finish line so that they can get there first. Those who look back and look aside to the others running the race, they slow down, they get distracted, they get off course. Uh, they do not finish the race uh, first. And so we ought to have that focus like an athlete. We must be focused uh, uh, towards the end goal. We must be focused on doing what we ought to do today uh, that we know from the Word of God. And then last, I see the last example here in verse number 6. Uh, the example that we should be focused like a farmer. Letter C, focused like a farmer. Uh, we see the husbandman, now verse number six, the husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. And you might be wondering, where in the world is a farmer in this verse? Uh, where does it speak about a farmer? Well, the, this word husbandman, uh, that's an older word. Uh, that means it talks about farming and uh, raising animals and crops and uh, it comes from also we have the word husbandry and so a husbandman is a farmer someone who deals in crops or livestock and those uh, that labor like a farmer uh, as a farmer does to prepare the fields for planting uh, will also be the first to enjoy the blessings that come from that labor uh, the laborer the husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. And so those who are uh, working for the Lord, I believe if you are faithful in serving the Lord, uh, there is blessings involved in that. I, I worked uh, for two winters, uh, for a couple months each winter in between semesters and college. I worked on my family's pig barn uh, for those two winters between college. And it was hard work. I would say it was uh, some of the most difficult I work that I've done. Uh, it's, uh, you see, pigs are, they're stubborn, uh, they are uh, messy, they are dirty, uh, they know how to get on your nerves. Uh, I would uh, be in a, a pen of pigs, and one of the things we had to do was find, you know, the ear tag, they had a little earring with a number on it, and the tag, we'd have to go through and find each one with a tag, the certain numbers that we were looking for, so that they could be separated from the other ones, and to be taken to market. And so I would go into this pen, maybe about 40 pegs, and the pen was probably about the size of the first four rows here. 
So uh, maybe a little bigger. I'm 40, 40-ish pigs in a, in a pen. And so a lot of them, you know, you're in there and you're rubbing knees and shoulders, I guess, um, with the pigs. And they're about this tall. And I'm looking for certain numbers on their ear tags, but they're not cooperating. They're not just getting in file. All right, here's my ear tag. They're running around. It's difficult. And so I would be looking for them. You know what some of them would do. They would get up behind me. And before I knew it, I was riding a pig. I was on its back, and, and also another thing they would do, they would come behind me, and they would start sniffing my knee, and I, I don't like that. I'm just very sensitive back there, and so uh, they, would, they knew uh, what I did not like, and they would antagonize me, and so it was difficult work. Uh, it, was, it was awful work, and, you know, I, I, one of the jobs I had to do, and not to be too gross, but one of the jobs I had to do, one of the times we had to empty out of part of the barn and, and clean it out and we we're doing renovations so uh, we had an issue with the, uh, the drainage in the sewage system and it was not draining out there was a big pit underneath the floor where everything would dispose to and so I had to you know put on my boots up to here and get down into the muck and and take a, a snow shovel and what a Canadian thing to do take a snow <laughs> shovel and, and push it out and why why did I put in all that effort? Why would I bother doing that? One, for the paycheck. Uh, that was probably one of the main, main reasons for the paycheck. Uh, two, uh, I, you know, I, I was uh, dating B at this time, and so uh, this uh, income that I was earning was able to afford me to go to college and be back with, with B and, and uh, also you know, uh, start saving up for a ring and all these other things. And, and so that was, you know, big motivation. I would tell her I'd be on FaceTime on break time. I'd be like, you know, I'm only here because of you. And, <laughs> and so I'd be, you know, there was that. And then, you know, the other, other thing that, you know, kept me going was, you know, remember that, you know, as a farmer, as, a, as someone who works in a farm, uh, at the end of uh, the year, we didn't raise our pigs for meat. Uh, we raised them for genetics. We would sell them to other farms so that they could breed with them. But every year we would take maybe about five pigs and we would send them off to market. Uh, this little piggy went to market, this one went to market, this one, and all of them went to market. Uh, and so uh, they went to market and you know, the, the, the nice thing that would come from that is we would have sausage. Uh, we'd have a freezer full of sausage. We'd have a freezer uh, also filled with bacon and uh, filled with pork chops. And, and I really like the sausage and the bacon. And so uh, whenever I'd eat the pork chops, I could still smell the barn. But uh, the, the sausage and the bacon were, you know, they were good enough, I could ignore that. And so as a farmer, as someone who's worked in farming, I know uh, it's, it's hard work. It's, it's difficult. Uh, as when you serve the Lord, you're going to have people who know how to get on your nerves and get behind your knee and, and take you for a ride. There's going to be uh, difficult times, and there's going to be times where you're going to have to get down in the muck. Uh, there's going to be difficult times, uh, hard times of labor, uh, but there is reward, there is blessing from that. Uh, God uh, will bless those who are serving him faithfully uh, and laboring with him. Uh, the Bible speaks about, you know, uh, there's only a few times in the Bible where uh, in the New Testament uh, it says the word easy. One of those times, it talks about a yoke. A yoke was a thing that they would put around an animal's neck uh, to keep them uh, in line and doing the work that they needed to do. And we see Jesus speaking about, you know, my yoke is easy. Would you get in the yoke with me? A yoke, I would take two animals together, uh, like for plowing, we would connect the two together. And Jesus is saying, would you get in the yoke with me? 
and, and serve. My yoke is easy. Uh, so there is blessing, there is reward. Uh, it required a lot of work in that barn. It required uh, veterinarian work, maintenance, cleaning, uh, transportation, so much skilled labor, but the reward from it, uh, the paycheck, the, the food that came from it was, uh, was so wonderful, it was a blessing. Uh, but this, these tasks were required to achieve the desired effect the desired result. And so uh, as we serve the Lord, we ought to be focused. We ought to be focused like a soldier, uh, not getting wrapped up in all the affairs, the, the side things in our life. Uh, we ought not to be, uh, we ought to be like a athlete who does not uh, get distracted and is focused on achieving, uh, winning the prize. We ought to be like a farmer uh, that is working for uh, a, to be able to accomplish that goal uh, and, and is an in result uh, received blessing. Amen. And then as we conclude today, uh, I believe Paul wraps up here, we see in verse 7, Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Uh, Paul is encouraging uh, Timothy here to consider these things. Mm -hmm. Consider the sacrifice that serving the Lord is. It is, it is sacrifice but it is a reasonable sacrifice, as we see in Romans 12. It's a reasonable sacrifice. Uh, we ought to uh, consider that. Uh, to serve the Lord is, uh, it does require sacrifice, but there is blessing. Uh, there is reward. Uh, the Lord blesses those who are faithful. Uh, we see uh, he prays also uh, for Timothy uh, that the Lord would give him understanding. And how much we need that today. And so uh, let's, let's stand and we'll pray. Uh, and uh, would you ask God today uh, how he wants you to become more effective in your Christian walk? And so let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, I ask you, Lord, today uh, that you would help us, Lord, as we take this time of invitation, Lord. Uh, and I, Lord, I ask that you would uh, work in our hearts. Show us how you would want us to uh, take the baton to serve you, to uh, be uh, more uh, effective in working for the ministry, Lord. I pray uh, you'd help us to uh, reach others for Christ, Lord. Uh, Lord, help us to be strong, Lord, and uh, help us to recognize that we need you. We need your power. Uh, Lord, help us to be teachable, be humble, and willing to learn, Lord. And Lord, help us, Lord, to uh, take the baton and help us to last, Lord, I pray, to be focused, Lord. And so, uh, as the, uh, Lord, I pray as the pianist comes and uh, we, we take this time of invitation, Lord, I pray that we would make some decisions this morning to serve you, Lord. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'm gonna, we're going to have some time uh, to pray. I don't want uh, us to sing right now, uh, but I'll have the pianist play uh, and take some time to pray and ask God, God, what do you want me to do? How can I further the ministry here in Edmonton? How can I be effective in serving you and be effective in my walk with you? So let's take some time in prayer. Mm -hmm.